Welcome to episode 105 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. We are recording after uh, a Blue Jays win, uh, a disaster narrowly avoided, thanks to the bat of uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. A uh, nice bounce back outing for Jordan Romano. I mean, I said to you before we recorded, uh, I think things could have gotten a little bit hairy in the in the discourse if uh, they'd fallen again um, in kind of a grim game where they had a lead and Bassett seemed to be pitching so well. But we don't have to deal with that, which is a relief. I was also very much relieved. Yeah, it um, it didn't feel good. It felt weirdly like I don't. I think I just felt numb to uh, to what I expected to happen. You know, for a while there, uh, and then a good thing happened, and then they somehow didn't blow it. Even though you know there was that Springer play, Swanson hasn't been great, Romano hasn't been great. Uh, they stuck with their guys at the bullpen. Springer <laughs> sort of <laughs> missing that ball and then looking at it a bit as though it was foul. Didn't cost them. Vlad hit a, a go-ahead, come-from-behind home run, late and close. Uh, you know, the box score would read better than uh, than the vibes, I think. Happy yeah. to win, though. Yeah. Um, so the the other big news for th- uh, Tuesday as we record this, another odd, uh, another odd day. We're keeping you on your toes lately. Um, <laughs> is is the whole Alec Manoa situation, and I think it's. You know, a little bit of a mea culpa required, you know, for last week, probably more so for me. Like, it just seemed like it was such a grim scenario last time we talked with the way that, that you know, the the teenagers, for lack of a better term, were just beaten up on him and the results were so bad that it didn't seem like the process could be on track. And yet, you know, we talk again uh, less than a week later and he got bumped up to double A and he had a, you know, start there where... He was sitting 93 and, you know, he struck out a bunch of double A guys. It's not that that's unbelievably impressive, but sort of the train keeps marching ahead. And now we hear that he's going to be pitching on Friday for the Blue Jays. And it's weird because, you know, the result in double A makes you feel like the process is going as intended. And that first thing wasn't as big a deal, wasn't as big a roadblock as it might have initially appeared but I, I still find myself feeling a little bit uneasy with this development in terms of, you know, not a ton of proof of concept here that Manoa is uh, back and ready to go. No, I tend to agree with you on that. Um, you know, uh, I mean, the people who've been watching him up close are the ones who know best and, and you know, it's their, you know, it, it's their project and he's, you know, uh, in their hands. So, uh, you know, you kind of have to trust them to an extent. Uh, I don't think that they would necessarily be you know, politicking about it or, or, you know, trying to, <laughs> trying to make it look like that thing didn't happen that we talked about last week when he, uh, got shelled by the teens. Um, but also, you know, it gives him a, you know, with the all-star break coming and, you know, there's a bunch of days off, uh, it gives him a chance of, uh, to bring him back up, see how that goes. Uh, and then they can maybe reset if it, if it doesn't go well, if they've really rushed it, if it turns out, it doesn't look like, uh, the process has, uh, had the intended effect, um, you know, that's sort of, you know, that, that is the negative look at it. That's the sort of cynical way to look at, at the timing of it, because otherwise then you, you miss a start with, the, you know, if he really is fine, he can, you know, sort of pick right back up where he was hopefully last year. I mean, that's getting ahead of ourselves, but you know, after the all-star break, uh, and, and this is a good test that you would have had to wait, you know, another, an extra week to do basically, um, so, you know, I mean, maybe you didn't think it was necessary to have him down in the minors for three starts or four starts or whatever it, it could have been. 
Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I don't think anybody could be blamed for for uh, being skeptical of uh, of how quickly they've gone from, you know, oh, this wasn't so bad, this, like, absolute <laughs> hellacious shelling that he took to, uh, yeah, we think he's ready for big league hitters or, at the very least, the Tigers. Yeah, I, yeah. And and you make a good point about the nature of the timing and how that gives them more options heading into the All-Star break than if you had him, I don't know, in the middle of some run where you've got 11 games in 11 days and the bullpen's tired and, you know, you feel like he needs to give you innings and it's hard to find a solution on short notice and all that jazz. So there there is something to that that needs to be acknowledged, and I'm glad you acknowledge that. Man, at the same time, like we talk about this being a process, right? And it's like, how much process have we really had here? I mean, he, I know he has been down for a little bit now. If you include the time spent sort of at the pitching lab uh, before these starts happen. So it's not like he just had two outings. But at the same time, you know, it, it is you just don't know what to believe. And like you said, the people who are there who are seeing it are the ones who are making the decision and they have more information than us. And we, you know, I criticized some of the nature of some of that communication because it just didn't seem to line up what had happened and what they were, how they were talking about it. And now it, it is, it is starting to line up. But at the same time, you know, we, yeah, we're talking about one good double A start. And I don't know, like the consequences in terms of the 2023 team and literally wins and losses, like bringing them up early because you have that flexibility with the all star break coming up and that whatnot, like, that makes sense from a like it is 2023 and I am trying to win as many ball games as possible, which is where they're at. Like they are fighting for a playoff spot, but at the same time, just it seems like if it were me, it's it's a whole it's like a bigger thing than that. The Manoa thing is a bigger thing than that, and I would just be like if I knew that it might cost me a game in 2023, deploying him a little later or giving myself less flexibility, I'd be willing to do it because his importance to the franchise is just it's worth a ton and i i'd worry about anything that leans towards how do we have success today compared to how do we have the most the highest likelihood of like long-term success with bringing him back the right way like if they had to you know if they had to never use him in the majors for the rest of the year i'm not saying that that's not realistically on the table but if that was what they said, I would understand that because you you have to get Manoa right. Like he's essential for what they want to do. No, I think that's true. I think that's absolutely true. Uh, you know, again, it's the Tigers. Um, you know, I, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit as well because I absolutely I agree. Like, uh, it, it is really important that they get this right. And you know, there's a lot to balance. I think here too. You know, you can't force. Well, you can't. You know, you can't just let him back to the big leagues because he wants to be there. Lots of people want to be in the big leagues. But you know, as they were saying on on uh, Tuesday night's broadcast here, you know, Joe and uh, Joe Siddle, Dan Schulman talking about how you know how they think is you know Schneider talked about how he's such a big part of the team and he's uh you know a guy that that you know really matters around those guys too and is is you know that's his desire to be back there. Uh, I'm sure counts for a little something as well, especially if you can point to some a start like the one in New Hampshire or for New Hampshire. I'm not sure where, which park it was in, but uh, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think that there could there's an element of of that that has to be balanced, and and that probably has to account. You know, t- that that is part of the accounting of you know how do we do right by this guy who is obviously you know chopping at the bit to get back to the big leagues. Um, so yeah, I. I, I 
I don't know. I don't timing wise because you know we can on regular rest you can do something in the middle of next week when the All Star Game is happening. Uh, I don't know what the minor league schedule is like, but you know you could sim game it. You can figure something out. You could get it. You can keep them on that rest and then line them up at some point in the second half. Uh, you know, once the second half opens uh, next next weekend or the weekend following this one, um, you know, he could just he could take a regular turn in the rotation. He could be ready by the you know not to you know not to be the opening starter, but that obviously wasn't going to happen anyway. But um, I don't know, and it, it just it, it kind of almost makes this game against the Tigers more of a tune up game, um, and th- that can be seen as part of the process, perhaps uh, as opposed to uh, the end of the process. So. You know, again, that's being that's playing devil's advocate. That's being probably kind to the Blue Jays, but you know, they're they're the ones with the skin in the game, right? So their their call does I think carry weight if they think that he's ready to go. Um, you know, we'll see how it, we'll see how it goes, but it's I am sure it is not a decision they've taken lightly. And it is the Tigers, as you mentioned. Like you mentioned that jokingly, but it does matter, right? Like it, the quality of competition does matter to an extent. And, a lot of right-handed hitters as well, and yeah. you can you can also kind of lower the bar, right? Like you don't even you don't even necessarily have to say, uh, you know, and this is us, you know, cynical and diving on down down on the communication component, but you don't even have to say what exactly you're expecting from him, right? And then afterwards, whatever he does is kind of fine. And then you know, because he got shelled so badly in that one game, you can almost point to that. And be like, listen, you know, he, we're working on this stuff. And I'm not saying that that's going to work 100% or people will buy that no matter what. And I'm not going to go ahead and assume that he's going to get shelled by the Tigers because nobody gets shelled by the Tigers. Um, <laughs> but but I'm just saying that there there's a lot of there are some avenues to make the situation a little bit l- less uncomfortable if things go a bit sideways. Um, so, I, yeah, there it may, maybe it's not. It's not as high stakes as you could make it seem. Like it, it, the fate of his career doesn't rest on this moment, but there aren't no stakes, and that's why uh, why it's surprising and why it's <laughs> it's interesting. True, and I would also say, you know, and, and to to that point, you know, the uh, I I think it just seems like it's a less pressure filled thing too because the All Star break happens, you know, right after the weekend. So he, uh, you know. It, like you know, Saturday and Sunday he'll be around, and there will be questions if things go badly. Um, but then it's kind of very quickly erased because you shift into this completely other mode, and it gives them some time away. Uh, if you know, in the event that that happens, uh, to regroup and get ready for whatever start he's going to make next, and where that's going to be. Yeah, a little. Uh, well, we go, we should talk about Ryu as well because he actually pitched in a game. Uh, less disastrous than Manoa so maybe it means he's on an even faster track uh, <laughs> uh setting the bar real high yeah, there yeah he, he's actually coming up tomorrow <laughs> pitch out of the bullpen no uh he was supposedly sitting 87 88 uh in his Florida complex league start three innings um with him it, it's funny because you always say a oh the velocity doesn't matter because that's not his game anyway but then on the other hand you say well, it does matter because he's on such a low end of that spectrum that like there's less room for him to decline and still be, you know, a feasible pitcher. And so there were moments when his velocity dipped and that was ended up being a big problem for him and in his blue in the lesser parts of his Blue Jays career. I don't want to make too much of it. It's a single start. That's basically all we know. We know that he didn't get pounded 
and that he was sitting maybe like one mile per hour less than you'd want. But if you'd said he was 88, 89, uh, that would, would have sounded good. And if anyone had used the word 90, that would have sounded great. So I don't think there's too much um, to overreact to here. No, I think you're right, though. That is a, that is a very good point that, yeah, if, the, if, 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 if it was 90, 91, people would be... Uh, oh, you know, the ears would perk up. And I mean, I don't know if it applies the same way to like, what is, is he 37? How old is he at this point? I don't even, I don't know. I should know. I should know a thing like this, but I don't have uh reused birth date. Memorized. It's because but, uh, 36, it's because when a guy's not playing, you're not on his player page ever. And then that information probably, loses, leaves your head. And like, I didn't know it either. I just looked it yeah. up for just to, for <laughs> transparency. Right. Um, but, but so, I mean, like the, like, the the book on recovering from Tommy John is generally you know and maybe this changes over time as the medical uh, technology and procedures you know get more precise and evolve. But the book it, it's like okay yeah you can gain back some velocity sometimes and and maybe that and that comes back maybe more than feel. And I mean I might be reciting something that was you know the the standard years ago and and things have changed. But um, uh, yeah and and yet we can't even really discuss this for like with the like in any way seriously like because you could say oh boy wow he didn't he didn't pop up velocity wise you know you would hope that with the you know whatever was bothering him before that should that should help him increase his velocity it's not as painful or it's not you know it, it felt like a wear and tear kind of tommy john as opposed to uh you know where something just popped on it but also it's like it's his first competitive start he's there's obviously a process he's always like building up and 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 there could absolutely still be more velocity in the arm and who knows what he's doing as we learned with Manoa um yeah there's not much that we can really take from anything uh in these starts against the teens yeah and you know just because some guys gain velocity it doesn't mean he will necessarily and I I don't know what the numbers would be on if older guys have that happen as much as younger guys like I would yeah, guess that yeah. younger guys have it happen a little bit more one thing I thought was interesting that I think it was um, Siddle on the broadcast on Tuesday hypothesized, which I'd never really thought about, was the idea that Ryu might be the sort of guy who could come back from Tommy John and be effective or sort of be himself quickly because he's less reliant on spinning the ball. And that's sometimes a thing that comes back to guys last when they come back from Tommy John is like they have the velocity, but getting a hold of the curveball, a slider is just, you know, I guess, I think it's partly just a feel thing after so long away from pitching is a harder thing to do. And so because he's a fastball changeup guy, maybe that'll be a little bit easier. But I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, even now, I would, even how bad Manoa was during the season, even how tough that one uh, outing was in the complex league, you'd still have to imagine that Manoa's a better bet than Ryu like it's not <laughs> yes. like I don't know like it, people can get excited about Ryu and I'm not saying that they shouldn't and uh, I just think he's a really fun pitcher to watch pitch like I miss watching him pitch and I look forward to seeing him on the mound again but at the end of the day he's still like a big time wild card who could give them like two horrendous starts and just not be playable um, and Manoa is someone that I mean, we we don't know what we're getting from him either, but if I had to back one of the horses, uh, it's Manoa, and there may not even sort of be a full-time rotation spot for you. May not. It's probably even a little conservative. So 
it's uh it, he he fits into this because it's happening for him at the same time but it doesn't mean that it's the same situation by any means yeah it's true you know i i you hate to think that way, but also, you know, part of it is, yeah, like part of what's positive about this is just that he's healthy and that he's back on the mound and, uh, you know, maybe, you know, that he can prolong his career. Um, thinking of it through the prism of how can he help the Blue Jays this year, uh, while an exciting prospect uh, when we remember what Rio was like in 2020 uh is yeah probably probably a lot of shot than Manoa being able to help. I think you're right. And, and, and people tend to forget, right? Like 2020, I mean... Uh, the math is easy it's three years ago but like it's not like he was great and then he's disappeared for a year and he can you know if, if all goes well he can be back to that guy that he was he spent a year and a half being not so great uh and really struggling and really you know um not being able to recapture what he was in that first year for the jays which which was a shame uh and the tommy john and uh, the eventuality there uh you know i think gave a gave a comforting excuse or a comforting you know rationale for why things maybe went so sideways for him there um in the last you know year and a half uh, that we saw him pitch but uh or maybe it was just a full year you know i think i think at the start of uh of what of yeah beginning he, of he was 2021 okay, but, it was pretty good yeah yeah uh but nonetheless it's we're still two years removed from him having a uh, like a good run of starts in the big leagues which is uh even though one of those years he missed with surgery uh yeah, I think the idea that he's going to go come back and be the first half 2021 guy, be the 2020 guy, uh, is a real long shot. Would love to see it, but um, the counting on it and the worrying about how the six-man rotation is going to work out and stuff like that, I think, is uh, getting way out ahead of ourselves. Though that might be, you know, all everything goes well, maybe that's the route that they take. Uh, you know, Gosman on extra rest looks good. I don't think you need to rush Kikuchi into, you know, don't have to have him pitch every fifth day. Um but yeah, that's that's way down the line. Although that line is getting shorter. Yeah, I mean, I think we we talked in the last few episodes a little bit about sort of how people are feeling about this team and the nostalgia for previous teams. And I think the reaction to the possibility of Ryu's return is related to that. Like he is of a time. Like it's weird to say he's yeah, of a time no, when he's been gone for a year, but like <laughs> he is of a time that people think of more fondly. He is uh he is a little bit more idiosyncratic. Like we talked about how they're more uniform with other teams now. You know, reuse a, a bit of an idiosyncratic pitcher in a great way. Mm-hmm. Um and a character. And I think that people envision his return and not that it's like going to bring life to this team and fundamentally change it, but just that he's sort of a guy who represents some of the things that used to be fun and cool about the Blue Jays that are not totally dead, but maybe less fun and cool now uh, to use the most simplistic possible language. But I, I think that that is, that is part of it. Like if he, if there hadn't been kind of this switch that had been flipped on how people are feeling about the Blue Jays right now and what this team has done and how it's kind of muddled through the season, uh, which is actually not uncommon. You know, 2021 Blue Jays did a lot of muddling through the season, as we all recall. Um, but if it, if it weren't for that, I feel like there would be more, I don't know, realistic expectations, feelings about what's going on. And again, like, I don't want to disabuse people of the notion that he can help or that it'll be at the very least entertaining because I can't emphasize enough, like, he's a guy that I really love to watch pitch. Like he is fun to think along with Um, his command when he has it is 
like it's brilliant it really is um and so i again i don't want to pop anyone's balloon but it it does seem like that's a factor no i i think that's absolutely true yeah he's sort of uh uh, he's he's just an avatar of 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 the t- a time when this team had so much promise, uh, which is much easier to have than actual success. It turns out, um, but you know those days were you know we were less uh, thinking you know thinking about the clock ticking, thinking about Bo and Vlad's free free agency. You know everything was possible then, and uh, and now we're in a place where it's more like oh. This again? Is this just? Is this just what they are? Is this the the step forward has not been taken, and uh, and it's just it's a, uh, you know the stakes are higher. It's a it, the possibility of actually you know becoming a World Series champion is greater now than it was in 2020. Maybe not in 2021, but we didn't really know that at the time. Um, and you know until basically until Robbie Ray showed <laughs> turned into the Cy Young winner, but. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a it, it is a different time, and it's uh it's a drag seeing them not uh, make good on that promise uh, in a way that uh, that you didn't have to you know reconcile or, or deal with uh, back when all that it was was promise, and when you know it was ex- extremely exciting that Ryu would sign a four year deal here, and, and Springer still wasn't around, and all those good things were things yet to come. So we thought. I mean. W- Last time we were thinking about Ryu, talking about Ryu, like the Baltimore Orioles weren't a thing that Blue Jays fans thought about. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it was that long ago. I want to kind of walk down memory lane a little bit more, a little further back. So I don't know. We're almost in the we're in the pre-promise days of 2019, which was a, a very odd season in Blue Jays land because he did get the introduction of Vladdy. But it was a it was a weird introduction because it didn't live up necessarily to the hype, and then you did got Bo at the end, and Biggio was for some reason considered part of a big three and all that jazz. And the reason I want to talk about 2019 is because Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is uh, is in the home run derby again, which is not something that I expected, um, just because you know it seems like his success has been kind of up and down this year, and it felt like exactly the time of year where you'd say, ah. Uh, I'm working on stuff. I'm not going to do it. I don't know where you are with this. I am like weirdly bullish on home run derbies as an enjoyable watching event. Some people hate them and I get it. I think it's improved recently, but like what is your excitement level, expectation level for Vladdy and kind of what do you, yeah, what do you remember? I mean, what do you remember about four years ago? Hopefully a decent amount. <laughs> um, but like, what, what are your, when you think about Vladdy and the home run derby, like what, what comes to your mind? Well, he hit a lot of home runs. I mean, he's got, uh, he is, he is, uh, you know, it's, it doesn't always show up in games. It was nice to see it. It's been nicer to see it lately. Uh, and it was nice to see it here on Tuesday. But, uh, you know, the, the, the hitter that he is in batting practice is, uh, is something else from what, uh, uh, from what everybody tells you, I don't think I've ever actually properly watched Vladdy batting practice, except perhaps, uh, well, they televised it before his first game. That's how the that that's where the hype was at the time. Well, weird that weird that he could be have very good seasons and and still be considered some sort some sort of a disappointment. Um, but I will I will be honest with you. I like I, it sounds like the changes are great. Uh, people seem to really dig it. Uh, people really like the home run derby. If I was, if I was a, a young person, if I was a, a child, I'm sure I would love it. Uh, it's, it's not one that I, uh, that I, you know, usually bother watching. 
That's fair. I, I will say that about 2019 in particular, there was a component of, I think, affirmation about Vladdy. Because, I mean, again, he was so young that you didn't want to say, oh, he's hitting a bunch of grounders. Where's the power? Like, he's done. He's not going to be great. But right. the hype around him had been so intense. Like, it, you know, people did expect him. And then, you know, me among them, I'm not saying that I was any more or less guilty than anyone else, but people expected him to arrive in the major leagues and be, you know, a middle of the order, really, really good bat right away. And he hadn't been that. And like most of the, you know, the great achievements he had in the minors, you know, were things you'd seen in grainy Twitter clips, you know what I mean? And so this... When he had that home run derby and he hit the 91 home runs and just mm. ridiculous bombs, like it was that moment where you felt like, okay, we can all exhale a little bit. Like, yes, he's young, he's figuring things out, but nobody has been lied to here. Like, this is he, this is the guy. And maybe I'm over dramatizing it, but this is to my memory how I felt watching it was, okay, like he he may have been hyped to a level that was just unfair but he wasn't necessarily overhyped if that makes sense yeah no I, I think that's totally fair um yeah but honestly i can't remember if i want even watch the damn thing <laughs> <laughs> um but and and you know it uh like as i alluded to or said you know um uh it was it, it, it wasn't unfair, right? To this is a, an incredibly talented guy that that is you know oh my god he had a one thirty two weighted runs created plus like that's wow I I hope uh, I hope that's the low mark of his career because it should be because it's it should be so much better and, and um yeah it really wasn't a rival for him I mean it's still it's still wearing the merch from it the ninety one homer merch uh I think I forget who he was with there was a picture there I think just last week that he was wearing that um. But no, it's it's. I mean, it is a cool, fun event. Uh, you know, if he's had his family asking about it, which I think, which is what he said it was. Um, it's great to see him in it. It's great. You know, I think people really do get excited about it. It's uh, it's certainly better than it used to be. Um, you know, they do they they have turned it into like you know a, an event for TV that people seem to really enjoy. Uh, I think just the new rules and the new the new format. Uh, Seems to make it. I keep having to like couch my language in making it sound not sound like I watched it because I just said I don't really watch these things. But uh, introducing an uh, aspect of time <laughs> yeah. has been essential. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, you know we we talked in the past about uh, about baseball and the the romance of not having a clock and how that there can be an appeal to that. That does not apply to a home run derby. Uh, there's no. no romance in the <laughs> unlimited home run derby. So. At the very least, that is a, a good a good thing. I yeah no, I generally watch it largely because there's nothing on at that time. Um, I think I might be I might have might not be able to do it this time, but uh, it is it is also just yeah. I mean, it's just cool. It's one of those events where you can just miss it and you can see a few highlights and get it, which is fine. Like he'll probably hit one that you'll want to watch later. That'll be like 480 feet or something. And you're like, I'd like to see that. And, but you don't have to sit down for hours to see that. That's kind of where I'm at. I'll watch the, the compilation of all 91 or whatever it is this time. Speaking of uh, all star festivities and we'll, we'll breeze through it, but we're not, you know, it is, it is a big event that's coming up. Uh, I think that the Whit Merrifield All-Star nod, uh, I mean, it, it needs to be acknowledged because it's absolutely wild that we've got Espinal and 
Merrifield in consecutive years here. And it just feels like when you have someone like that make the also and it's funny, we're talking and he had a big double in this game and scored some runs or whatever. Uh but this is a that scored two runs. This is a guy who's like an above uh, below average hitter, and I know that you know I've individually been harder on him than some, but when you see this, it's just like, what is the all star game? If he's <laughs> like that, I mean, yeah. it's it, like it's yeah. it's kind of existential of like what is what is the all star game if Whit Merrifield's in it, and like he's an he's an MLB caliber player. And uh, I think he's got his WRC plus up to a hundred after after Tuesday's game, which is a nice little accomplishment. But when this kind of stuff happens, it's just like it kind of reinforces that notion that you know the All Star game used to be meaningful because no one saw these players with any level of consistency, and even if they wanted to, they couldn't seek it out. Like today, a lot of times you or I hasn't watched a lot of Mookie Betts this year, for instance. Like Mookie Betts is potentially going to set a career high in home runs. He's having an amazing year. Um, but you or I aren't necessarily watching that. Maybe I'm speaking for you. We're not necessarily watching the Dodgers game. But we could. Like, if we wanted to, we could. And back in the day, you couldn't. And so this was the way to see these players. That function no longer is relevant. And then you get you know a lot of guys back out. Just injuries, but just, you know, for various reasons. And you get stuff like Whit Merrifield in it, a guy with two home runs on the season. And it's just like, I don't know, it's a bit of a bummer for the whole concept if we're going to put sports on hold for a week to have this. It is, yeah. I mean, I, I like much like the, uh, the, the home run derby, I have, I, I, the, the, the All-Star game is not for me. Uh, there's enough baseball in my brain, you know, the, throughout the entirety of the season, I'm happy to... Uh, walk away for a week and decompress or you know for a business week but yeah it is also you know i was just i just quickly looked it up i may have counted wrong but i i you know the the last time the all-star game was in toronto was 1991 um i'm I'm counting 20 hall of famers between the two rosters um and it's like it's like you know yeah there i don't know who the equivalent you know chris sabo's out there but who howard johnson you know we all we all loved hojo but uh uh brett butler like, like there are some guys who are kind of like why okay why was this guy an all-star but it is it, i don't know it, it there seems to be a lot of all-stars and and uh and yeah it is it's odd to have a player like merrifield go to the all-star game good for him I'm ho- i hope he has fun uh i hope people who remember me <laughs> shitting on him all winter long uh allow me to wear it i'll, I'll wear that gladly but also it's so weird because you know if you look at any piece that's sort of previewing the trade deadline and what the Blue Jays are going to have to do, uh, you know, in order to improve, you know, with whatever resources they're going to use at that point. Uh, second base is an area where they absolutely should be looking, right? And uh, and that's been his spot. You know, he'll still he'll still be useful. He won't be pushed aside by, you know, the, in the way that Espinal or, or uh, Kevin Vigio will be um, should the Blue Jays add somebody at second base. But I think that that's, you know, there's not a lot of positions where they can improve, and, and that is, I think, one of them. And yet, gonna wear that all-star patch. And like, it is silly, and it doesn't matter. Like, it comes up with Hall of Fame stuff, so it's like it's kind of funny that we take it immensely seriously once the Hall of Fame is being discussed. Like, oh, this guy was a seven-time All-Star. Like, that means that he's really in the mix. Whereas, if we don't care about any individual data point, like, why do we care about all of the data points? If that <laughs> makes sense. No, but you're you're right about the trade deadline. Like. 
he that is an obvious position you can improve on. He also fills like a bench niche that you can use him as kind of a platoon outfielder, which is something you sort of need anyway, potentially. And yeah, like he is a player who has performed at a sort of starter kind of level thus far and doesn't project to do that from here on out. Like it goes to show just how weird baseball is where, I mean, he didn't, you know, he didn't justify whatever this all-star thing. I don't want to keep harping on it, but like the fact that someone can be considered for this, it just like, cause anyone can have a decent half season baseball. Like anyone can have a weird, good season in baseball. Like it does. This is not how it works in other sports. Like the Whit Merrifields of the NBA do not make the all-star game. They don't just like crop up and it's like, Oh yeah, this guy who's been a bench player uh, this year he's averaging 27 points and then next year he's going to be shit again. Like it's just, <laughs> that's just not how it works for sports. And so like, there's something kind of wild and frustrating about that. Like imagine being a GM and knowing that like those things are on the table. Um, but at the same time, I, I think there is something a little bit nice about that too. Cause I do like the things that differentiate baseball from other sports. Uh, and there are many, and one of them is that, like, God knows who's going to be good or bad in any given year. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, it frustrates me that people are like, "Well, we've seen we've seen a half season, so we know who these guys are." It's like, no, no, oh my God, like the 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 pre-taped Colin show guy over here. But uh, but yeah, and also you know, not not to. Bash Merrifield. I mean, it's a it's a nice honor, right? Like we saw, particularly with Espinal, you know, it meant something to him, and it was, you know, I don't know how much of they thought it was a joke or what, but uh, everybody seemed to get a kick out of having him there, and and uh, you know, based on his first half, if that's what we're doing, if we're doing first half all stars, then uh, you know, he was there on merit last year too, and, and I suppose you know, I haven't looked at the way to runs created plus lately, but uh, you know, I know it's gone down since April, I believe, but, uh, I think coming into this game, it was, uh, at 87 from May 1st on. So, that's, Ooh, well, well, I mean, which is also <laughs> just what he did last year, which was 88. Like we talked about this yeah. a couple of weeks ago. He's just doing like the same stuff he did last year, but was somehow with less power. Um, well, but, but he does, hits. you know, gets the stolen bases, defensive versatility, lots of, you know, they have, uh, what do they, is it a silver slugger utility? award now that they have like uh Brandon Drury won the won a silver slugger but it's like for the utility position I think I don't think he uh, needs to worry about that that's no. my guess <laughs> no I mean wait obviously that's absolutely doesn't but um I don't know we're, Brandon we're, we're, we're redefining out, out here we're redefining what uh Brandon? what a good place for Brandon Drury's pretty good just putting it, it out there. Out. It turns out needed some, just needed some runway. Yeah. Just needed a little bit of runway. And he's been good in like multiple places too. He's been good all over the NL, which I guess is <laughs> yeah. I could, I could think of one place where he wasn't very good. Yeah, he's probably probably good for Blue Jays fan. He's sort of out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. People don't have to like if he had become as good as he's become on like the Red Sox. People would talk about that all. I mean, people are all right. Speaking of like all stars and how that's affecting perception. People are really harping on this Lourdes Gurriel Jr. All-Star nod. <laughs> and, like, he's the same dude. He's, like, yeah. he, his production is the same. The shape of it's a little different. Like, he's hitting for power again, uh, which is a good development for him. Like, he needs to hit for power. Um, but, you know, for instance, this year he's got a WRC Plus of 116. In 2022 with the Blue Jays, it was 114. So he's, like, he's doing the same stuff. And, he, like, yeah. that, that, that's cool. Like, I, I mean, I like him as a player. He didn't he didn't fit what the Blue Jays were doing. Like, if you want to 
go back in time and say the Varsho trade was a bad idea, which like not off to a great start, fair enough. Like that's all about Gabriel Moreno. Like that's not even a little bit about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I don't think. I, no. I don't think there's an argument to be made that this team is fundamentally di- like fewer sandcastles for sure. But like from an on-field perspective, I just don't think that what Gurriel brings um, would change what the Blue Jays have. And if anything, you know, the one of the things that has been promised that has come through for this 2023 team is that outfield defense. So you would lose that if you had Gurriel, who is, I think he's actually done better in Arizona, but, you know, I don't think you could possibly trust that. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't disagree. I was ready for that, that thing to end. It just, it, it just uh, didn't fit, but uh, no, it's nice to see him doing well. And I, I think you're right that you know, people are probably going to make a big deal out of, out of that when it, it absolutely doesn't have anything to do with it. It's, uh, it's about, wait, this is what you, you, you were going to give up. Moreno, when you got this, yeah, well, that's and, that. That's the question about that trade at this point. And it, I think you know, I think it's been quasi dubious from the beginning. I will say that also the concerns you had about Moreno that made you think he was someone you could afford to move have generally borne themselves out. Like he is hitting for absolutely no power with the Diamondbacks, and as a result, his offense has not been good. Like he's he strikes out kind of average a little bit more but he just got he's got no pops whatsoever he's all got only two home runs on the season you're talking about a 77 wrc plus so you know jansen and kirk are not doing what you expect and you know you could argue that hoping that that tandem could recapture what it did was naive but i don't think they even expected the level you got in 2022 that was just wild i don't know like people complain about the the running game and how Moreno could have controlled it better. That's more on the pitchers. Like I'm sure he would help, but it is, I don't know. It is kind of odd to me. Cause like if you undid that trade and the blue Jays had Gurriel and Moreno, like they would be extremely marginally better. Like in 2023, at least like we can talk about Moreno's future or whatever, but like, I don't know. I think there's this segment of the fan base is like, oh, this was the huge mistake that they made, and that's that's why they're shit now, and like they're not shit now, and that wasn't the mistake that's making them worse. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that sounds that sounds about right. Yeah. Before we get out of here, we kind of touched on it a couple times uh, obliquely, but I think it's worth uh, worth a trade deadline mention because I think that's a lot of the content you're going to see over the next month. We're now in July, and I mean, you can always say, well, it depends what they do over the next couple of weeks, but what do you see as sort of the most likely scenario for uh, a Blue Jays 2023 deadline beyond, I mean, you know, potentially looking at second base, but what else there is, is going on here? Yeah, I mean, I must say I haven't given a ton of thought, but I've, you know, obviously I think it, like we're, we don't hear as much about Chad Green. Uh, and I think that, you know, uh, I don't think we've really heard as much about, um, at the start of the year, there was some like, excitement about some of the guys in, uh, some of the younger arms who might be able to come up and contribute to the bullpen. And largely that hasn't happened. And I don't know, uh, I, I don't think that there's anybody, you know, pounding on the door at this point, there might be some guys who could be useful if they, if, you know, things get to start to get a little bit better, but, uh, but those names have largely been off the radar. So I think the bullpen is obviously a spot where they're, they're going to have to look. 
we will have to see what Kirk and, uh, or sorry, not Kirk, what Manoa and Ryu do. Um, and, uh, you know, whether that solves the pitching, uh, the, the starting depth thing or to what extent it does. Um, and, and, you know, Mitch White, uh, theoretically could be a warm body or, or, you know, Bowden Francis has been, has been okay, uh, as a guy who can throw some innings, but yeah, you would really like to see, um, even if it isn't somebody to come in and step into the rotation, you would like to see somebody who could give you some length and, and do the things that you kind of hoped Mitch White was going to do when you got him last year. Um, and yeah, second base, I think a right-handed bat, there was a lot of talk about that as well. You know, we're talking, <laughs> we're kind of saying like they, the Jays couldn't use a, a Guriel, but a lot of talk, um, I think, was it, was it Sportsnet? Was it Ben, uh, Benny Fresh talking about uh, on Twitter the, uh, the, the power outage the Jays have had, I think only 14 home runs against left-handed pitching this year. Um, partly because all their lefty hitters are platoon guys, but partly because a lot of the other guys have not, you know, have not hit for power well. A lot of them are, are they're not pulling the ball. Uh, it's something that I know a lot of people have noticed. The uh, the all fields approach, uh, you know, maybe has helped uh, hasten some uh, some shrinking power for some of these guys. I don't know how much that's true. I don't know, especially if you know if we're talking about Bo and Vlad, uh, who are really the the two most important hitters on the team, if that matters. Um, but yeah, another right-handed bat I think would probably be good, um, and maybe that's about it. It's it, it, it's going to be such a weird uh, a weird decision to make, but maybe not. You know, I know everybody always gets you know really obsessed about you know going super hard, and you'll have to sort of read the market and read what other teams are doing. But um, you know, I as I think the Jays can get better. I think the Astros and the Yankees and everybody else can get better. So I, it's a cop out to say, well, we'll see how the next few weeks goes, as you say, but. But the, there is still, I think, a lot to be decided on on how the season can go. Um, right now, it feels like everybody's going to just be in the mushy middle, and, and there's not going to be, uh, you know, unless you're one of those teams that's really running away with the division or running away with the with the you know, if you're Baltimore, uh, and who even knows what they're going to do. But uh, you know, I, it, it feels like maybe that's just what this uh, what what this new playoff format and this new era of baseball has wrought. Right, like it's it. That that there are you know it, it's clear to to everybody you know Atlanta Tampa those kind of teams they are going to be uh, they they're going to be playing you know you playing the trade market for guys who can help them win a world championship and other teams are going to have to be thinking about like well what is what is the value of going all in when we're going to have to go through you know these levels of play-ins and maybe not even get the wild card spot that we need so. Uh, I don't know what kind of a, a, a deadline it's going to be. I think it's probably, you know, probably not not like the Barrios one in twenty uh, in twenty one. Uh, probably more like last year's. Yeah, I think the the thing is we know that they're going to be like you say in the that mushy middle, barring some kind of insane run one way or the other. And the difference is you can be in that middle and have a level of conviction that you deserve better for lack of a better way of putting it so you know 2015 was that right like they didn't have the best record 2021 was that to an extent it's like this team is really really good and we've had some rough breaks and we've had some bad bullpen but we we know that if we push in we can get something done and in 2021 they were ultimately wrong in the sense that the mission was not a success but they were also right like the team was good enough to justify that Uh, and then in 2015 everything aligned and so I think the big thing is in 2023, you're not going to be able to make that justification to yourself. Like you're not going to be able to see, look at this team, which has been very healthy 
and say, oh, this team has gotten bad breaks and deserves too much. But you might say these guys have a little bit more on them than they've shown, but I don't think you can say, oh, our record is is like, eh, it's pretty good. It's not that great, but actually we're awesome. And therefore we should really push. I just don't see them getting there. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, you're looking at what rentals can I get for cheap? And sometimes in in this type of situation, you go and try and get someone with a little bit of term because you're like, I'm not sure if I'm sold on this iteration of the team, but we do like our core a lot and we are still trying to compete longer term for that. You know, they're, I think their farm system is probably getting to a point that makes them a little bit uncomfortable because they're, sure. they're, they're win forever types. So hollowing it out once again for someone with term, I also have a hard time seeing. So I, yeah, I think things can change over the next few weeks, but if nothing changes in a profound way, it, it seems like something relatively quiet is what we're looking at. And I, I mean, I know that there are some alarmists out there who've been like, oh, you should sell. Um, and that's kind of nonsense unless you're way, way out. Um, you know, I don't have them. I mean, you could sell Matt Chapman. If somehow Matt Chapman goes on a huge heater, but the Blue Jays simultaneously <laughs> lose like 15 games in a row, maybe there's a scenario there, but it, it seems pretty far-fetched. Yeah, I mean, I think people just people say that because they they want to be the first person uh, off the bandwagon and and I don't know. There, there's a psychology to that because it is absolutely nonsense. I mean, you would, you would, we people would justifiably be so mad if the Jays continued to linger on in the race through September, having sold a bunch of guys at the deadline for what ultimately. I mean, we all watched 2017 and 2018. Like, like you're not uh, selling off is not as lucrative as I think a lot of people think it is, and had or ha- it was sold. You know, welcome to the next. Thomas Pannone, right? Like, I, I don't think that the sell, the sell people obviously don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think that it's a, it, there's an, there's a take economy out there, and there's a certain way to navigate that take economy, and that's what the purpose of that is. It's not, a, <laughs> it's not a serious proposal at this point. Again, there's an incredibly narrow scenario where it would make sense, but it's so unlike, it's frighteningly unlikely. Uh, and therefore not really worthy of more, you know, we've arguably discussed it too much, even by acknowledging <laughs> that other people are, are discussing it. Yeah. Uh, we will leave it there. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate everyone who listens and we like, uh, reviews and five stars and all that jazz. Uh, a little apology from me because it's my fault that the schedule has been a bit sporadic recently. Uh, we will be back on, is my belief that we'll be back on Thursday next week, and we're going to try and stay on Thursdays as consistently as we can in the weeks to come.